Welcome back to the Neuroscience Meets SEL podcast, episode 18. This is Andrea Samadhi. This interview will be broadcast on YouTube as well as the regular podcast channel. So be sure to look for that link in the show notes if you'd like to view the video. Today we have someone that I've been friends with for almost 10 years. I'll never forget seeing the review that he left for me on my first book on Amazon. When I saw his interest in what I was doing, I reached out to him to see if I could learn more about how he was using books like mine in schools to see how I could improve. Dr. Kahuchek has spent his entire life working in the field of psychology, neuropsychology, and education. Through the experiences of working with a myriad of students in settings that range from charter schools, Title I, parochial schools, residential treatment centers, and psychiatric hospitals, He's able to provide examples of situations which many elementary and middle schools experience in today's school system. I've been interested in his books over the years, and this is our second interview. We spoke many years ago about enhancing children's cognitive abilities years before educational neuroscience was prevalent in our schools. I was thrilled and honored when he asked me to write the foreword to his most recent book that we're going to talk about today. Chloe and Josh Learn Grit and Resilience with Grit Gal. It's his volume one. It's available next week. Welcome, Dr. Kahuchek, who's on campus today at St. Dominique Catholic High School in Austin, Texas. Welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here, and thank you for writing the foreword. It's nice to see you again. Good to see you. Thank you so much for all you're doing here with, with uh, this information and, and getting it into our schools. It's so important and timely. Well, let's get right into the questions. I love your book. Can you tell me what inspired you to write a book on mindset, grit, and resilience? There's uh, so much literature now being written for high schools, colleges, and there's even an article or two talking about health sciences and the lack of grit that they found in the students. And so it seemed only... uh, reasonable to uh, start looking downward at, at what age group might might uh, might be able to to learn more about this and the truth of the matter is it can go down much farther than what I did the middle school and and, early, and late elementary schools but there there are a number of stories that come out of uh, the, the classroom academically socially and other uh, that in that includes uh, athletics and includes uh, musicals. So, so it, it was uh, a, a timely paper, I think, a timely, timely uh, book to write. It absolutely is timely for sure, because I, I know that it's something that I've had a lot of calls from people that ask, you know, what do you know about grit and resilience over here? So this, and you're right, it needs to start earlier than Um, We can't just expect students at junior high and high school to suddenly have that stick-to-itness. So it's very important. And for years, I've envisioned tools like this book in our schools and classrooms, so I'm so excited to see the results that it will produce. What made you intertwine the social and emotional competencies with the cognitive competencies? And this is exactly what I'm doing on the podcast, so I'm curious why you chose to do that in the book. Uh, in, in my opinion, they, they go together. You, you can't have competencies unless you have uh, the cognitive skills that go with it. And, and the, uh, the cognitive skills kind of determine your level of competency. And, and so the longer or the more skills there are, 
the more confident I'll be. You know, th th this was not like I woke up one morning and, and came up with the idea. I gave a paper in, uh, in Chicago in 2011 talking about including executive skills as the third leg in the uh, academic and social domains of, of uh, schools because it, it, you have to be able to understand thinking about thinking, the, the metacognition, in, in order to be successful. Absolutely. And you were on this strain years ago with your books that I didn't even connect back then. When I did the first interview, my mind wasn't even thinking on the brain and how it works back then. And so this has been a long time interest of yours. Um, and to see it come through to where you are today, it's so very exciting. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. So I love how the book uh, covers the, the skills connected to stories because our brain looks for and it stores memories based on emotion and stories are a way to get to that emotion. So was there a particular student who made you think of Grit Gal, the, the character that you use to elicit the, these lessons and um, how you overcome each of the um, seven lessons in the story? The Grit Gal is kind of a, uh, an interesting uh, development. There, there was a professor I had in a graduate school and, and he taught behavior modification. And he had a, a series of almost comic books where a person would end up with some type of situation and all of a sudden con man would show up. That's con man stands for contingency management. And, and contingency management would solve the situation. So I was trying to figure out a place, a way to have this almost superhero show up just at the right time to, to help solve the, the problems. Uh, last week, I'd, I'd read an article by uh, an author who had uh, embedded himself into his stories for uh, middle school and high schoolers. He, he uh, was a ghost in a, in a high school. And, and so I guess if there's a grit gal, I, it would have to be me. But the only thing we really have in common is we, we uh, like yellow. Grit gals dressed all in yellow, and yellow is my favorite color. So. Okay, well, that's fun because I know that students, when they have an example or somebody to follow, that the lesson is easier. Sometimes it doesn't help if I give the examples that you give grit gal giving. And, and I've been using these um, strategies with my own girls, especially with my youngest with, let's say, learning vocabulary. We have to start practicing on the weekend for our vocabulary test. And she rolls her eyes, oh, mom, really on a Sunday, we've got to start practicing our spelling. But I started to try to say, you know, well, what would Grit Gal do? And I don't even have your book yet, but I'm just trying to incorporate some of these in. Um, and, and she's like, who's Grit Gal? Because <laughs> it's not me. It's somebody that, um, that is successful. And then she starts listening. And it's easier to get the work done when there's somebody else telling you what to do. So... Yeah, in, in, in one of the, uh, the seven chapters, and the book started out to be 20 chapters, and I, I was told by the publisher that it would cost more than I anticipated. It would cost more to the consumer. So I, I broke it down into seven chapters, and, and each chapter deals with a different situation. What you're talking about is, is chapter two, where uh, Maria has trouble with her vocabulary, but she just studies Thursday night before the, uh, the test. And, and the brain doesn't work that way. Uh, we, we have to give ourselves time. And, and so each one of the situations are, are very related to what I think students 
uh, today might experience, either at home or in the classroom. The, the first chapter, Chloe has trouble with uh, doing her homework. And, and she is crying and doesn't want to do her homework and, and her parents are concerned, look like she might fail the fourth grade. And then Grit Gal comes in and, and rescues the day and finds out what her issue is and, and goes out and, and makes a plan to work towards it. Absolutely, all these little strategies that we need for success with academics. And, and I know that if we, we know them as parents or teachers, we can help our students to learn them. Nobody's going to teach these strategies to our kids if we aren't, right? It's, it's up to us really to, to get the ball going, to develop these skills into junior high, high, and then the workplace. You see, do you see how the transition goes? Because grit doesn't end when we, we leave school. No, it starts when we leave school. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So why do you think this book is so timely? And why do you think that we just have never learned how to develop grit through the years? Why, why now? You know, uh, I, was, I was working on a, a PowerPoint. It said, when did schools stop teaching grit? And the more I thought about it, the more I realized that maybe school didn't teach grit. Maybe we learned it from our family not too many generations ago. Uh, survival was important. If we didn't have grit, then we weren't going to eat. The family was not going to survive. And, and then we learned the passion that maybe in school or, or in the workplace or at home. And I don't think school really ever uh, pushed grit because it was assumed that we already had that. And, and things have changed in the past three or four generations where we don't, we don't have to worry about grit. Uh, we, we, we have to worry about other things. And so there's, there's, there's a whole uh, gap in, in the system now for children to learn uh, grit or perseverance uh, because they, they don't have to know it at home. And, and at the same time, the academics have become so important. Standardized tests are so important. Uh, parents want the very best for their children to go to the very best universities and, and so they're, they're going to be pushing for, for the grades. And, and there, there, there's something uh, they call it, uh, they used to call it helicopter parents. And, <laughs> yeah, I know that well. And, and most recently they started talking about snowplow parents who, who just bulldoze their way through so that the child's not challenged. And, and uh, in response to that, there, there's a couple of books that have come out talking about uh, helping your child fail to be a success. And, and I have trouble with the word failure. I don't want my, my children or grandchildren to fail. What I want is for them to experience setbacks. I call it roadblocks in the book where, where your first plan doesn't work. And then you have to like reassess uh, and, and come back and try again in some other way. And, and that's what develops grit. It's so true. This has been my lesson this year because I've always been rescuing my kids to make sure they get the grades. And this is the first year I've pulled back because of this. I think writing your forward, it made me think I can't keep doing this because they'll never learn on their own. So, you know, if, if they don't get a hundred on a test, they've got to figure out, well, what did I, what do I need to do on my own? Cause 
I'm not going to be here forever. So that, that's a huge lesson for parents and teachers to let the kids fail. It's a delicate balance. We, we, we want them to, uh, to be a success, but we want them to know that they succeeded because of their effort. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's got to come from within them. So what is your vision for this book? I know in, in a, one of the emails you mentioned that you're already working on volume two. So what topics are coming next and where do you see this going? My vision for this book is that I want every parent, every grandparent, every teacher, every professional counselor to say, I know a child who would benefit from this and go out and buy a copy. So but at some point I can retire and, and write volume four. But realistically, what I expect is that there will be uh, an opportunity in charter schools, uh, in, in public schools, in third, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, uh, to be able to, to apply these, these lessons. Uh, for about 20 years, I was in the field of mental health as a licensed psychologist. And I could see how telling a story like this or sharing uh, a book like this a child could take home, read it with their parents, talk about it, and that would be something to talk about in the next counseling session is what, what did you learn from this? And, and so very applied type situation. That's incredible. That's a, a great vision because we, we need this. and It's helped me. Andrea, the vision of that book's been met because I wanted somebody to say, oh, that makes sense. And, right use it so it's it's on some level it served your purpose by by you reading it so thank you oh absolutely absolutely and and there's so much more for for you with this out there so i'm i'm so thrilled to have been the first person to have the chance to to have that opportunity to say this is exactly what we need and and get it out there so what what would be your final words of wisdom on this topic is there anything that we have missed that you want to share about the book and where, where you'd like to see this going? Uh, the, there was a, while I was writing these uh, stories, I developed a pattern. Okay. And, and the pattern was I looked at either academic, social, or other. And, and so I tried to balance each one of the stories related to uh, it happened with the classroom or with friends. And other included athletics, included musicals, uh, what have you. And then I looked at, is the, is the, are the issues related to mindset? Do I have a fixed mindset or, or a growth mindset? Or is it related to grit? Or is it related to the old, the old resilience? Okay, and, and, and it kind of unfolds. And then whenever you look at the social, uh, it's social awareness, uh, all the things that actually you wrote about in the forward. Uh, so, so I developed a matrix to, to be able to identify where the issues are, what might be missing, and, and what, what executive or cognitive skills might be used to, to enhance uh, the, the ability. But the, the main takeaway is Winston Churchill's last speech. Winston Churchill walked up to a podium with his cane, looked at the audience and said, never, never, never give up. And with that in mind, we, we, can, we can do this. And, and we, can, 
we can turn around the education, we can turn around the violence. I, I, I really believe that, that this executive cognitive skills is, is the way that we, we can uh, take, uh, take things back to where they make sense in our lives. Absolutely, and what a great quote from Winston Churchill who saw his success much later in life. So there's, there's a lot to the whole, um, all the lessons involved here for all of us. So where is the best place for someone to find your book? Um, do you, is, it, is it out on Amazon yet? You can search for Chloe and Josh Learn Grit on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And the best place to reach you, I know that right now you're at St. Dominique um, Catholic School in Austin, Texas. Do you have, uh, what's the best place? Is it LinkedIn or what would you say? LinkedIn's a good place to go. Perfect. So if anyone has any questions, they can reach you on LinkedIn. And I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to um, share this book here on the podcast. I'm so excited to hear about the results that you create with students and teachers, and we follow your whole series. Wish you best of luck, and thank you for all you're doing for schools and students. I know it's not easy at all to write a book, let alone while you're working in a, with a busy school day. So thank you. You're very welcome, and thank you, Andrea. You're welcome. You, you take care, and we'll keep following your work. Okay, thank you. If you're enjoying the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast, please don't forget to subscribe so you'll stay up to date with our new episodes. While you're there, please feel free to give us a review or a five-star rating as it helps others find us. For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit us at www.achieveit360.com. 